We're going to continue today and hit this both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, uh, which is going to work out well. If you, we're going to be in Luke 1 and 2 eventually when we get there. It might be a little while. But uh, continue our Supernatural Christmas, which I still think is a good Hallmark series, too, if we wanted to try that. be a little different than the normal Hallmark movies, but it'd be kind of fun. Uh, we've... Uh, Supernatural, you know, literally above nature, something science can't explain, uh, and that the laws of nature don't really help us with, because it's it's different, it's above nature. Um, and you think about, that is one of the things that, if you're a theist, that you're always going to believe. Uh, if you believe in God, which is the word theos, you're going to believe that there's supernatural available, because there has to be somebody above the natural to be. Uh, God. And so it just kind of falls into, I always thought it was kind of odd to hear people say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in, in the supernatural. And I'm like, that just seems like an oxymoron to me. Um, how could you do that? How could you believe there was some non-contingent, non-physical, powerful, eternal being created everything, but there's nothing supernatural? That does make no sense to me. In fact, it's almost, it's, it's, it's almost hard for us to believe there shouldn't be more supernatural things, but a God does what he wants, and we see this during the first time Jesus comes. And we've looked at, we looked at the different revelations that were out there uh, from the prophets that uh, he was going to come. We hit some of those last night in our uh, production of uh, supernatural to be able to predict something thousands of years before it happens and getting it right. Um, then we looked at uh, we looked at dreams that there were supernatural dreams, same giving information to those at that time, uh, and then we looked at the star last week and how it acted, <laughs> which is not like a normal star. But uh, as Christians, I don't think we have too much trouble with this, do we? It's like, well, we don't want to get too flippant with it, but God can do the star thing if He wants to. And we we talked about maybe it was an angel or maybe it was just some special light that had supernatural. Uh, location and movement ability. Today we're going to talk about angels. Uh, angels are misunderstood in the Bible. Most of what we get, uh, the term celestial being, we get from the Old Testament about who they are, what they do, what their role is, how the, what their nature is. What are they? That's a good question. You know, uh, they're spiritual, meaning they're non-physical. That's the thing that, now they take on form. Obviously, if you're going to interact with somebody who's physical, which we are, if you didn't know that, um, you're going to have to do that some way so our eyes can see, our ears can hear. I um, guess I've never thought about it, but I wonder what an angel smells like. Hmm. Probably smells like Christmas cookies or something, right? Which we do have afterwards if you want some uh, commercial message. And are they all the same? There's a lot of difference in angels when we look at them. We're going to look at some pictures. Obviously, these are artist renditions because I don't think, you know, Mary was sitting there and it's like, oh, Gabriel, wait a minute, let me get a piece of paper. You know, and that's, we don't have anything like that. So uh, none of the ancient texts of the Bible, which go back many, many, many centuries, have pictures of anything in there. There's no picture books that way. But we try to come up, and we'll look at some of those options out there. Um, so what are these supernatural celestial beings in the Bible. Here's at least nine that I pulled from the Old Testament. Sometimes they're just, and, and these, there's texts here. We're not going to go into those. Um, I'm not going to open them up. Um, you're welcome to do that. That's why you have an outline uh, for other reasons. Uh, 
the other reason is on the, where it says notes, you can also doodle if you want to. Uh, maybe draw an angel. I'd like to see what it looks like. Um, spirits, they're just called spirits. And you see this in First Kings and other places. Uh, spirit meaning not physical, something uh, created that's not human. Uh, heavenly ones. You see this a lot of times, especially in Psalm 89. Uh, term uh, stars. We used that last week. Uh, sometimes they're called stars. Clearly the celestial beings are called that. We see this in Isaiah 14, uh, and that's probably talking about Satan at that point and how he was thinking he was above the stars, which was uh, a heavenly other, other heavenly beings. Holy ones, divine beings, which is the word Elohim that we kind of mess up a lot of time. Most of the time the word Elohim is used for Yahweh, but not always. Now, that doesn't mean the Old Testament thought there were a plurality of gods. It means that the Old Testament thought there were a plurality of spiritual beings, and there was one that was ahead of them all. That's always in the Old Testament. I mean, remember, what's the first commandment in the 10? You all remember that one, right? There are no other gods before me. Well, he's really talking about the Elohim. Don't worship these lesser celestial beings that are often in idols. Worship me alone because I'm the one that created everything. All these others are just kind of, you know, privates. You know, they're, they're maybe second Louis. That's about it. You know, they're not very important compared to God. But they're out there. And sometimes you just have to go by context. Angels. Well, well we'll get into this a little bit more, but we, we categorize everything as an angel, but there are specific types of celestial beings. Um, angel means messenger. And that's what most of the time the angels do. You look in the, why are they called angels in the first and, uh, first and second chapters of Luke and the first and second chapters of Matthew because they're delivering messages. So sometimes you'll get what a celestial being is, how it is made up and its power, and the other time you'll get it by what it does. Um, in this case, angel is a term of what it does. This particular being sends messages. Um, and we'll look at that. And it's okay to categorize them all that way. Um, you already know a Greek word before you start here because uh, the, the Hebrew word for angel is malak, um, which means messenger. You kind of already knew that, right? Um, the uh, Greek word for messenger is angelos. That's where we get our word angel. That's, uh, so you didn't know. It's just a Greek word that we just pronounce in English. Then you got mighty ones. You see this in Psalms also. Uh, and then the two, and we'll look at some pictures of these, which will be fun. Well, be fun for me. I don't know, it'll be fun for you. But the cherubim, which are mentioned a number of times in the Bible, uh, we see the cherubim. Uh, if you see the beam word at the end of a Hebrew word, that means plural. So you could probably guess what a cherub, which has nothing to do with those fat little angels on Valentine's Day. There is. N wait till we see them. Yeah, put this on a Valentine's card and see if you're significant other wants to, you know, likes that, yeah. Cherubim are in there a lot. Um, we see these mostly in Ezekiel, um, chapters 1 and 10. Uh, the cherubim were the ones that said, you're not coming back into the garden. Uh, they're, there in, uh, they're also called living creatures in places like Revelation 4 and also Ezekiel 1. And then seraphim are only mentioned in Isaiah. The cherubim also are on top of the Ark of the Covenant, but those are just made out of gold. Uh, but that's, it's kind of cool. So there's different renditions of what these look like. I always wondered, and you got to be careful with this, because, and I'm far enough away from you, maybe they do get struck by lightning, just, you know, hopefully it's just me. Uh, but 
why God didn't do some picture stuff here? <laughs> you know, we don't have it. I guess maybe you wanted to use our own minds and take the descriptions, but some of the descriptions are hard. So they're often categorized as angels. And so what we tend to do in the New Testament is kind of everything just kind of comes into the angel or the spirit idea. Um, but they're celestial beings. This particular angel, that is Michael, the archangel, a picture of him. He becomes very prevalent in Daniel and in the book of Revelation. Um, he's also mentioned in, in Jude in kind of an odd text. But uh, you can see him pretty well here. He's, he's ripped. I mean, man, if you're an archangel, you better be ripped, right? I'm, I think he works out. I really do. Uh, I don't know how that, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, we have to work out, you know, to keep fit. You know, did they have to do that? Or they just naturally fit. Don't you hate that when people can eat anything they want and they're still ripped? Like, not fair. It's an angel thing, I guess. But, but this is one of the renditions, and you don't really see much of the, of the descriptions that we have. It, that was kind of a Renaissance thing. I don't know if you remember that or know that, but in the Renaissance paintings like Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and those guys, a lot of times the angels were pictured as kind of a feminized version, and that kind of caught on. Uh, and, you know, maybe some of them do look like that. I don't know. But we don't get the description of that. I think there's only one time in the Bible where a celestial being is described as a woman or have a feminine, you know, the rest of it's just kind of doesn't really say. But they're usually, if they appear, sometimes they're just called, we see this at the tomb, they're just called men, you know, the, the male thing. But uh, anyway, so here's one picture of them. Now, they were created sometime. They're created beings. They, they're, they, they're not divine as far as it comes to being like Yahweh. But some rebelled. Um, and you can see this one. Th that's a fallen angel. That's a picture of a fallen angel. I thought it was really well done. If you're going to be fallen, you got to have claws. See those? Yeah. And I always, you, you get this in Revelation, um, back to smell. Have any of you ever smelled sulfur? Kind of just makes your nose hairs already kind of go away, doesn't it? Um, that's what's, that's the uh, description of what they, what the fallen ones smell is, a burning sulfur. Uh, so that, that uh, kind of interesting that maybe there is a, a smell. So you got, if, 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 if a, a being appears to you, if it smells like Christmas cookies, listen. If it smells like sulfur, just say, I follow Jesus, get out of here. You know, so I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it does, at least now you've got some information, you know. Got it? Christmas cookie, yes, sulfur, no. Um, but this is the one I showed the kids, and we'll look at that. This is a, a guardian angel, uh, that, uh, and, and you see the, the spear and the, the shield. And What do you think the wingspan is there? See, that's, we'll say there, how big should we make them? 12 feet? All right, let's go with 12 feet, um, which would be, they'd hit their head on the projector. That's cool. I mean, if you're going to make an angel, you might as well make them big. So that's like a, what would you say there? That's, that's probably like a 45, 50-foot wingspan. There's some big angels here. But, that, but again, you look at these, they're sent to serve us, which is interesting. You see that in Hebrews. They don't age. Uh, they don't have that ability. You know, our age um, is based on our physicality, right? Um, we talked about that a while back, I think it was in the Heaven series, about how old is your soul? Well, your soul's probably as old as your body is, but is it, does it age? If we could see your soul, would it be, are there 55-year-old souls and 8-year-old souls? Because how long does the soul last? 
forever. Um, so age and soul doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, these are spiritual beings, soul-like beings, and so age doesn't make sense there. Where you end up makes a difference. If you want to grab a chart on the way out, we'll show you how that works. You know, if you follow Christ, which is who we celebrate coming, then, then your soul gets to be with God and get the Christmas cookie smell the whole rest of your life. Isn't that great? I guess that's going to be our metaphor for the day. That was just, just happened. Uh, and I guess if you don't, if your soul doesn't follow Christ and rejects him, then you get to have the sulfur smell the rest of your life. So you're still eternal. It's just where do you end up and how does that all work? Um, so they have supernatural abilities. We see that. Can you remember back into Exodus, the plagues? Remember what the last plague was? I think we talked about this earlier a couple of weeks ago. It was the angel of death sent by whom? God. Ooh. Yeah. How many angels did the killing, as far as we know? Sound like one. Probably looked like that dude, you know. I mean, we don't know. But, but again, very powerful. Most of the time, they're not seen. And I always hesitate to do this, but just for fun. Um, you know, there could be some in here. I mean, again, I don't know that. I, I don't not know that. I think most of the time, we don't see them. Um, and we're not supposed to pray to them, ever. Uh, we're supposed to pray to God and let Him take care of that. We never see that. In fact, you have two texts in Revelation that you're not supposed to even bow down to them. John, you know, sees these beautiful celestial beings and he bows down and says, no, 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 I'm a servant just like you. Get up. You only bow down to Yahweh. You know, so that that's how you can tell. And And, and I think they have, their movement is quite quick, it seems like. I don't know how fast they are, but they're, they can get from one place to the other. But they're not omnipresent. You know, when Gabriel was, and we'll get to that, when Gabriel was talking to Zachariah, he wasn't also, you know, in you know, New York at the same time. You know, Yahweh can do that. I'm not sure quite how that works, but he can do that. And they do have insight and knowledge that uh, we don't have. Um, so, Wings. This is the one. Do they have wings? Lots of them do. Some of them don't. The ones who are like men, it seems like they don't have wings, but I like the wings. And what y'all, you, you want to vote? Although we'll just do what we want anyway, but you can vote. Uh, what did you think of those wings last night? Those are cool wings. I mean, that, that, I mean you got to have wings on an angel because you don't know it's an angel for us. Um, why did they put wings on them? Well, some of them have wings, you know. It's said that it's not the ones that are called angels, but they flew, you know, so either, either you have a big S on your chest or you need wings to fly, one or the other. You got to do this, you know, so they can assume material form. We see that. In fact, we even get in Paul's letter to Corinthians, he said, some have entertained angels unawares. Hmm. He, he might be talking about Genesis 18 as a starter, but, you know, so when we go meet neat, I want to leave an extra chair. Just, just kidding. Yeah. And this one you've got to get. I know Clarence got his wings, and I know that's a good movie that lasts a little longer than it should, but people do not become angels at death. These are different beings. They're, we're not the same. Um, and I know, and be careful with this, you know, certainly if somebody has lost a loved one and you're standing in the visitation line and somebody in front of you says, well, you know, God got another angel. Don't sit there and say, well, technically they're not angels. And, you know, I mean, just 
just go with it, and it's okay. They don't mean anything by it. It's not like theological error there. But th- it doesn't happen that way. We don't become angels. Angels don't become us. Um, they take on human form sometimes, but that's for our benefit because it's really hard to see them if they're not visible. Got that? That's why, actually, I don't know if you knew this, but there's actually 16 angels in this nativity. It's just only one has physical form. Just think about that for a while. I know. There you go. But we want to look at the cherubim and the seraphim for a bit. This is the picture of a cherubim from Ezekiel 1 and 10. They have four heads. There's a head of a human, a lion, an eagle, and an ox. They have multiple wings. You can kind of see those in the back. And they have eyes all over them. Now... If a cherubim was the one that appeared to the shepherds, <laughs> now we know why they said fear not. <laughs> you know, I mean, posing enough, this is another, it's the same one we had, but it's the other one. This is some the artist rendition of a, maybe a cherubim too. Maybe they have more than one. They're called living creatures. This is, why is this important? Because this is what the Bible describes them as. Now there's something going on here as you read. It's a vision, it's a metaphor. These guys show up, it looks like in Revelation 4 too. There's four of them. I don't know if there's more than four. These are also the ones, and this is what this picture actually comes from, is Eden is taken back into heaven, and these cherubim are like, nobody's coming. Nobody's going through us. So they're very imposing beings. But, uh, but this is an interact. You can imagine if you were Ezekiel and he saw this, trying to explain it. And I, I like the way they kind of did The eagle head's kind of crowded back there. But just... It, it's, it's kind of an eerie look, isn't it? It's, it's, it's tough. Now, when we look at the seraphim, this is one of the, my favorite pictures. I, I need to find, if you ever find this, I want this on my wall. This is cool. I also want the picture of Jesus in Revelation 1, where he's got the white hair and the glowing eyes and the sword. And um, I, I want to put it right by the Jesus that's holding the kid. So it's got the Jesus, he really loves kids, and he's very, very humble and mild, but no one to be trifled with, you know, you have both. But if you, you see this, if you, if you remember in Isaiah 6, he gets and he sees, he saw the Lord sitting on the throne, and the seraphim are crying, remember the three were, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And they had six wings, with two they covered their feet, with two they covered their face, and with two they flew and if you can see that it's really cool, there's, there's, this is Isaiah right here. And I think that's more than 12, don't you? How, t- how tall is that dude? Yeah. But look, they did such a good job. Two, they're covering their head. Two, they're flying. Two, they cover their feet. And of course, if you're going to have an angel, they should be ripped, and they are. It's really cool. I mean, it makes, hopefully what this does for you is when you look at this kind of stuff is there's a lot of wonderful things in the world that we miss. Um, now, I've never seen one of these. I, I, I'm not really sure I'd want to. Uh, but they are real. They come at times. Um, they, they do what they're supposed to do. They, they serve God. They serve us in ways that they're supposed to. But God's the one who takes care of when they're used, and you always have to remember that. Um, here's another artist's rendition of a seraphim. Again, something that uh, 
is quite imposing. Uh, and that's the way. And that's why I wanted to hit those pictures for you a lot because I don't think there's anything wrong with having a nativity set with an angel that uh, looks more feminine. That's okay. I'm, I'm not worried about that. It's just don't think that's all they are. Um, or the fat little Valentine ones, you know. I mean, yeah. Well, if you threw that sucker on a Valentine card, you know, that would be... What if that one struck you with the arrow so you'd fall in love? <laughs> a little different luck, isn't it? Um, and I don't think we need to take away from uh, what we already have from that. But remember, there's a lot more going on here. And the Old Testament gives us a lot of that. So that was the first part of the sermon. It's a two-part sermon, if you're wondering. Um, we see these angels, which means messenger show up at Jesus' birth. And we're not going to hit these real hard because we're just going to hit the angel part, of course. Uh, and these are pictures that w I found that I kind of liked um, of what this might look. Now, in, in Luke 1, 5 through 25, you get the Zechariah and Elizabeth account. Um, and I don't know if you guys knew that, but we have Zechariah in our midst. He's sitting back here. He's like, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, so I look around at all these characters. We've got Gabriel sitting here. We've got Zacharias. This is a good Sunday. You know, this is pretty cool. Um, one would be enough. And then we got Mary's here. I mean, wow. Got it going. Uh, but this is, uh, remember what happens. He goes in, and we've got the, uh, we got the angel. If you can see here, this one again, I'm, I'm thinking 12 is about right here. I mean, this is Gabriel. There's Zachariah, and he's on the ground. I've never thought about that. Maybe we might write that in. I don't know. Um, we might have to ask Zachary if he wants to do that. But, but, but the idea of he's just, he's scared. You know, so this is the way the artist did it. Um, it may not have happened this way. And remember in the account with, it's always interesting, and it's, it's a sermon in itself, and we won't go there that far. But remember Zachariah's question to the angel. The angel comes and says, you know, your, your wife's going to have a kid. You know, they're pretty old. Not and he says, but she's, you know, we're really old, as if the angels, like, didn't know that. We do that to God sometimes, don't you, when you pray? It's like, God, let me tell you really how it is. You're not understanding. It's like, isn't that kind of silly? And it is kind of silly here to, for, for Zachariah to say, I mean, I could see, you know, Zachariah saying, but my wife's old and, and I'm old, and it's not recorded in the, in the Bible, but do you think maybe Gabriel just kind of said, well, duh. I knew that. But what is his response to Zechariah? That's probably why he's on the ground. I am Gabriel. And I do think he probably said it quite loud. His response to Zechariah was a response of somebody who didn't seem like they had enough faith. And he was a priest. You know, God appeared, you know, you could almost see Gabriel saying that. It's like, so God sends me here. I'm 12 foot tall, I glow, this is not normal, we're giving you something that you've been praying for for years, and you question it. You know, I could see, I don't know how this works, and it's an interesting thing to think about. Did he just recite what God told him, or did Luke have some volition to kind of do what he wanted? Did he have some free will? I mean, I don't think these angels are robots. I mean, I haven't shown you pictures of robots, have you? I think, I think maybe they had. I mean, I wonder. I don't know if it worked this way, but it's a different way of looking at the account. We can maybe add this later, too, if we want. I write the script, so I guess we will, right? No, uh, they, get, they get approved, though. But, but 
could it be that God just said, go down there and tell him the news? And, and Gabriel figured out how to do it. And when Zechariah shows lack of faith, maybe Gabriel said, dude, there's a lot of things I can do to you. I could zap you, could turn you into powder. But what? let us have you shut up for nine months. You know, I, I think he probably had the power to do that. I don't know. And if, if you think the other way, that's fine too. But it's kind of interesting. It gives a little bit more zip, you know, if you think about it. Gabriel, or yeah, Gabriel having ability to maybe make up his own mind on how the punishment was there. Um, so that's, that's the Zachariah one. So then, then you get the Mary, and this actually comes out of our uh, graphic novel Bibles that we have, that we use sometimes for the kids. That's a little bit different rendition. This is Gabriel appearing to Mary. So he's a little shorter, um, but he's, you know, word of the day, but it's not Christmas cookies, it's ripped, because he is ripped. Um, and, you know, you get the, the stuff. But Mary, it's a little bit different because, you know, again, she questions, doesn't she? You know, you're going to have a kid. And she goes, well, how's this going to happen? You know, I'm, I'm a virgin. Which I realize is kind of a trumping it up from just being old. But, you, could, you know, Gabriel didn't go, I am Gabriel. And you are going to listen to me. And because you didn't listen to me, you're going to have to be quiet for a while. He just said, it's okay, Mary. <laughs> Let me tell you how that's going to work. Why the difference? And there's different ways to look at that. I mean, is it Gabriel's volition? I don't know, but it must have been something of what's in their heart, uh, be my guess. Zachariah must have really had some doubt in his heart um, that Gabriel understood. And Mary must have just really asked a sincere question about how this was going to happen. Uh, it's just the, um, I don't think it's as simple as that, you know, Zachariah is a guy and looked kind of annoying. And so he got mad and Mary was, you know, she was kind of cute and it's like, oh, it's okay. I don't think that's it. I think it's probably where their heart is. But again, in this account, we have the angel giving what? A message. Angelos, that's what it means. He's a messenger. Giving information that you would otherwise not know. And this is certainly true. Um, and so when we go to the shepherds, this is also out of that graphic novel. You got all the, sh see those angels up there? Yeah. It's kind of like a Lionel Richie song, Dancing on the Ceiling. You remember that one? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the way that, but that's, I just wanted to show you what was there. Um, those are pretty good. The, uh, the idea of the shepherds, but remember it starts off with one angel, one messenger, and then eventually after he tells them all these things, then you get the heavenly, uh, heavenly host, which when we think of host, what do you think of when you think of the word host? I think of Twinkies or ho-hos because a hostess. Um, I'm not sure. But a host is usually for us, it's like you're going to host the banquet or you're going to host a dinner party or whatever. Um, that's, but that's not what the word means. You know what the word probably should be translated as? Army. Now draw that. A little different. Yeah, it's a little different when they, when they come in as warriors. And we, if you want to get a little bit of that in Daniel, you get a little bit of that when Michael and Gabriel have to somewhat fight the prince of Persia and 
at least their armies, it sounds like, but almost all biblical scholars do not think the prince of Persia is actually a, a guy, that this is some sort of territorial evil spirit that obviously has claws because we saw that picture, right? But a lot in there if we just read it, uh, supernatural stuff. And then finally, Joseph. Um, and this is, I found this, and I just love this picture. I don't know why. But this is some artist's rendition of what the angel in the dream looked like to Joseph. Not the way I would have drawn it. Um, but well done. But I guess if you're Joseph and you have a dream with this angel, you might listen. Yeah. What's he holding? He's got a really big sword. Um, but Joseph in a dream, it, it's three or four times there's an angel involved. And why I say three or four, and this is all in Matthew, the three, first three, clearly an angel in a dream tells him. In the last one there, the 222, he, uh, it doesn't say it was an angel. It says he's warned in a dream. That's when they go back to uh, Nazareth and, and come through. But So you see angels kind of popping up. And I'm hoping when you look at these pictures that you start getting an idea that these are no one to be trifled with. They're not just... Uh, you know, weak thing, you know, beings. They're very powerful. They, they, they worship God. Some of them, that's all they do, which tells us a little bit maybe what worship should look like. And they don't look bored. I mean, I, I've said that a, a lot the last couple years since COVID. Sorry, if you're worshiping God and you're bored, you're doing it wrong. I mean, you might be scared. <laughs> Hopefully not too much. I saw you guys sing in those first few songs. You guys weren't scared. You guys were, some of you were actually kind of moving a little bit, but I don't want to get too charismatic on you. But it's, it's, it's it, these angels are real. They are described in powerful ways. We should probably look at them that way. Um, and so as the worship team uh, comes up, think about these supernatural celestial beings. Um, we're categorizing them as angels, we don't see them in the Bible that often. Um, there are, I assume, people who encounter them now sometimes. They, they're real. I've heard accounts. And some of them are really interesting. I've never encountered one. I'll, I'll let God decide whether or not uh, I or you need one. Uh, we know he'll be with us, and sometimes it's the angels um, that do that. And uh, if you want... Uh, you're welcome to text me or call me. I've got a couple accounts I can tell you that people told me that I think probably never happened to me, but it sure is interesting when you hear this stuff help people in the way God can, kind of way it was in the Bible. So don't pray to angels. Don't uh, put them first, uh, but uh, put the Messiah first. Put God first and let him take care of how he wants to use the celestial beings in your life, but know that they exist. They're powerful and they do his bidding. Let us pray. Father, we know in your word you uh, created these beings, many different types with many different uh, roles and many different ways of, uh, of interacting with us and each other and you, and we thank you for that. We know that uh, you give us what we need, we thank you for making sure that uh, our prayers are heard and we just leave it up to you to answer them in the way you want. May we always lift our voice up, especially at Christmas, and we focus on your son and know that he gives us everything we need. Amen.